Holy guacamole, it's the end of August, and that means Medicare mail will begin in mass very soon. Welcome to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. My name is J.O. I'm your host. I'm also the author of Maximize Your Medicare, published by Allworth Press in 2020. Be sure to check out the website for the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. There's hashtag AskJ, where you can pose your personal private questions. Your first questions, of course, answered for free within 24 hours. Not going to be a problem. You know, what ends up happening is that, you know, I work in a number of different ways. If it's pure brokerage function, there is no charge for my assistance in becoming your agent of record for either Medicare Advantage, Medigap, or Part D. If you need a heavy analysis, you know, which is becoming more common as a result of the complicated financial ramifications of the way that you, you know, get out of your retiree plan or your employer-sponsored plan is ending or if you have a spouse that you need to make sure has insurance or an adult-aged child who also needs insurance, these have a one-time fee irrespective of the number of hours. It could take an hour. It could take 20 hours one-time fee. Anyway, all of that kind of stuff can be asked to me on hashtag AskJ at www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. First and foremost, you know, the time will start to fly by here. In six weeks' time, I'm going to have Medicare ABCs. It's an online, virtual, information-only event. You do need to pre-register. Spaces are running out. You know, the technology only allows X number of people to be participating. And once we hit X, I'm going to have to close down the registration. So please go to the link in the text of this podcast. Click there and register. It's free. Um, you know, I'm going to be able to describe not only the parts to Medicare, but in addition to that, I will have some insight on certain things that are very notable for 2021 because all of that information will be publicly available on October 1st. You'll hear my opinions first on October 5th during the Medicare ABC's virtual event. So please, again, go and register by clicking the link in the text of this podcast. We've got a lot of headlines um, about the things, the coming up days and weeks, things that I've seen in the news, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just get started. I'm going to talk as quickly as I possibly and reasonably can. Okay, so first of all, annual notice of change letters are going to be sent out during the month of September. You can expect them at any point in time, pretty much immediately upon hearing this podcast. These letters are sent to existing Part D as well as Medicare Advantage policyholders. They are a regulatory requirement. The CMS requires the carriers to send them to you. Now, these ANOC letters, A-N-O-C letters, will detail for you the changes from 2020 and what will be changed in 2021 for your plan. 
And, you know, I probably should have started this off by calling this, you know, big deal, little deal, no deal. I would probably call this, you know, little deal. Because the, the good thing is that, you know, the carriers are not hiding anything from you, right? It is there as an assurance to you, meaning that these regulations are set up so that you are not blindsided. Now, the fact of the matter is the practical reality. Are you all reading these letters and, you know, looking at them line by line? Yeah, I'm skeptical, right? Um, because the fact of the matter is if you did pay attention, if people did pay attention in in mass, then they would be asking, you know, the following questions. Number one is, where's the comparison across all of the other plans? And here's your answer: it's absent, right? There is no comparison. For example, there's when you receive these ANOC letters, the reason that they're of limited use to you is while they're telling you what will change if you stayed with the same plan. They are not telling you if you could have done better or worse by changing to another plan. Okay, so, and there are reasons for this. The background here, quite candidly, is that the carriers are not allowed to set multiple plans next to each other and give an advertisement to say, hey, we're better than the next guy. You, this is not like selling cars, Dodge, you know, Ram Tough versus Ford F-150. This is not the same market, okay? Because you're talking about tax dollars that are being used to create the subsidies for these types of plans. As a result, there are advertising restrictions, which is why the facts that you get in the mail are not going to be wrong. These ANAC ANOC letters are not going to be factually wrong. I'm very convinced of that. However, whether or not they are the information required to make the best decision, I'm also skeptical of that because of the fact that it's not telling you what your total anticipated prescription cost would be, and it's also not presenting the other 30, you know, approximately 30 Part D plans that are available in your area, and maybe 30, and if you're in Miami-Dade, 60 Medicare Advantage plans in your area. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, these ANOC letters are not wrong. They are useful in the sense that they will tell you what will change into 2021. However, their usefulness is limited because, again, they're not telling you what is the most efficient solution for your particular healthcare needs. And for that, it's not a big deal. It's not no deal. I call it little deal. We have a second instance of big deal, little deal, no deal. And that is the underlying law requires health insurance companies to spend 80 or 85% of all the dollars they collect in premiums on claims. And this is something called the medical loss ratio or MLR. This, the background here is that this was a requirement of the Affordable Care Act. And the result is that if carriers do not spend this 80 or 85%, then they must refund the difference to you. Now, the fact of the matter is that this calculation has now been done. And 
people are receiving their notices on these rebates, which have been impressive and candidly, you know, pretty much across the board, uh, depending on your plan, your carrier, your location. Now, there's a number of different ways to think about this. First of all, it's always great to get money back, right? You may think to yourself, hey, it's great to get 15% of my premiums back after the fact. The flip side of the way that money actually works is you've lent the company 15% of your premium for free because it's not like you're getting your money back plus interest or your money back plus you know, food or, you know, coupons of some other type of sort, you're getting no return, you're just getting 15%, which you may have paid as long as, you know, a year and a half ago, more than a year and a half ago. So let's not call it all good news, right? Because part of this could have been the fact that carriers had overestimated how much your premium should have been. And if they had correctly estimated it, then your MLR would be right at the 80 to 85%, in which case your refund would be zero. But your premium would have been lower during, you know, 2019. So, you know, there's all of that to be kind of into the soup. Now, 2020 is a special case because what I think you're going to have is you're going to have ongoing MLR. In other words, a year from today, you can expect to receive more rebates. And some, in certain carriers, they've actually rebated you already this year. For example, you know, I know of a couple of carriers, my own specific carrier to my plan actually reduced its premium mid-year. Um, for, you know, the month, like I want to call it June or July. And the reason is that claims are way lower than would have otherwise been anticipated. The insurance companies have clearly seen this. And the reason that they've seen this, and you have seen, if you have been paying attention or looked on the news or thought about it for a few moments, you know, people just don't go to the doctor. During COVID-19, unless you actually have symptoms of COVID-19, the number of times that you're being able to go to your doctor for checkup or to have, you know, some other type of elective surgery, you know, these have gone down to basically zero, which is creating a huge financial problem for primary care physicians, urgent care centers, you know, specialist groups, all sorts of different practices are getting stressed financially stressed due to the fact that the usage of healthcare services has declined dramatically. And as you know, as many people know, in favor of things like telemedicine, your appointment on the phone or, you know, using Zoom. So in the scheme of things, whether or not you call this big deal, little deal, no deal, I would call this big deal, actually. And the reason it's a big deal is not only is it money for 2019, but in addition to that, it can mean more money for the premiums you're paying during 2020. Let's go to Medicare. So, you know, in the past number of podcasts I've been and videos, I've been highlighting two pretty big changes 
that are coming down the pipeline into 2021. The first one is something that which is going to limit the insulin copay to $35 a month. That's the first one. The second one is the fact that ESRD, end-stage renal disease patients that require dialysis, they will have the unrestricted right to enroll in Medicare Advantage plans, which is a notable change from the past when ESRD patients could only enroll in Medicare Advantage plans if they fit a number of different exceptions, largely due to the fact that they were sitting in an incumbent employer-provided plan at a large employer. You may reasonably ask me, okay, Jay, I'm not an insulin-dependent person. I'm also not on dialysis. Why should I care? Why, why do I care? That doesn't affect me. That That is not the way this works, okay? Meaning, People don't understand the mechanism by which that Medicare Advantage carriers as well as Part D carriers operate. They're getting a fixed amount of money per person that enrolls in their plans from the federal government, okay? From the federal government. And that number is fixed, and then there's some risk adjustment, of course, not necessarily, of course, to you, but there's a risk and adjustment for those persons with chronic illnesses or severe health situations for Medicare Advantage. Now, the fact of the matter is that these monies come from the federal budget. If that amount required has to be paid, meaning the benefits you know, have to be are large, from the Medicare Advantage carrier or the Part D carrier, a couple of things. Number one, let's go back to the insulin situation. These discounts are allegedly coming from the prescription drug manufacturers, the insulin manufacturers. Okay, that said, that said, it, you need to be careful here because for the persons that are on insulin, they're going to want to cherry pick and get to those plans, whether they be Part D or Medicare Advantage plan, which treats their insulin payments to minimize the cost for those for insulin, right? Insulin, may, you may know, quite expensive. And because of the fact, the way this is going to work into 2021, the insulin-dependent persons are going to want to choose Part D plans or prescription or Medicare Advantage plans to minimize the cost. That's the rational decision. Okay, that is the rational decision. Let's leave out the people who, you know, detest change to such a degree they would rather set money on fire. Okay, we're not going to be able to change that, right? But most rational persons who are insulin dependent will be checking and changing plans. Now, that's a huge number of people in the United States, right? Something like, it was some astronomic number, something like tw more than well over 20% of Medicare Medicare uh, beneficiaries are insulin dependent or some astronomic number like that. And I can't remember it off the top of my head. The question is going to be about what, what about the rest? Well, the issue is, is for those particular plans, you're going to want to be careful 
because if those plans are handling aggress- aggressively giving very good benefits for insulin and you're not insulin dependent, then you may be giving up something to your fellow policyholders who are insulin dependent. That alone may mean that a change is in order. Okay? And this is a very, is it super subtle? No, you know, it's like this, right? I mean, you, you've got an allowance and the allowance is a household allowance. Well, if one child needs a bigger share of the allowance, well, guess what's gonna happen to the rest of the children, right? They've gotta take less, basically. And, and that's basically what we have here. One way or the other, it's gonna be very important for those persons, not only who are on insulin, but in addition, I highly suspect that those persons who are not on insulin will have additional motivations to check. I find 2021 fascinating from that point of view, meaning that I'm going to be suspecting that the best solution for for most people is going to be change plans. I can't come up with other conclusions. And if it's not a change in plan, that's going to be a, just a circumstance or luck because the reality is, is that it's going to be very likely that a more efficient plan is found elsewhere. In much the same way, I'm also going to talk about uh, you know, ESRD, which is those persons who require dialysis. So under this situation, what has happened is something like only less than a million people or less than 1% of the Medicare population, I want to call it 500,000 people, are insulin, are, sorry, are ESRD patients requiring insulin in the United States. However, they're using 7% of the Medicare budget. Okay, so 1% is using 7% of the budget. Okay, so they're using a lot of the expenses because of the fact that the 20 since the 20 percent has to be paid by the by the ESRD patient that means 80 percent is being covered by Medicare okay if those persons all go into Medicare Advantage right the question is going to be whether or not they hit the out-of-pocket maximum so let's just say the out-of-pocket maximum is $4,500 on a Medicare Advantage plan and you are a, you know, you are an ESRD dialysis patient. Well, you're going to hit the $4,500, let us just say, in 2021. And from there, every dollar is paid for by the Medicare Advantage plan. That's the way that Mac annual out-of-pocket maximum works. So, a couple of things here. For ESRD patients, I'm going to I've always said this about Medicare Advantage, always. And it's right there in the book on Medicare Advantage. The first challenge, the first criteria is try to match the network. To the best of your ability, you're trying to have facilities, healthcare providers in network. That is the cost minimizing solution. Period. Okay? The second layer 
however, becomes then, what's the lowest out-of-pocket maximum? Because let's just say, for example, you know, some unfortunate circumstance and you require all sorts of healthcare services. What the out-of-pocket maximum does is it limits the total downside to your financial situation in a given calendar year, which is, of course, you know, very, very important. Well, for an ESRD patient, that becomes quite pertinent because the dialysis costs that much. So you're going to want to have both. You're going to want to have the dialysis center try to be in-network if at all possible. And then in addition to that, you're going to want to have the lowest out-of-pocket maximum. So let's just say there are only two people in the world and they both are my clients. I'm going to be advising the both in their own best interest, right? So as a result, for the dialysis person, I'm going to be telling them, yes, absolutely, let's go see whether or not the dialysis centers in-network or out-of-network. And if we can find the one in-network that works for you, let's use that, and that may determine which plan is most efficient. But I'm also going to have this extra criteria to say, in addition to that, let's try to make sure that the out-of-pocket maximum is the lowest possible. Now, to client number two, I'm going to have a different set of recommendations, right? Which is that since we don't need insulin, or since we don't need dialysis, I'll stop mixing them up one of these times. Since I don't need dialysis, we don't really care about the total cost of dialysis and whether or not you know it has a bunch of dialysis centers in network. We don't care about that. What we do care about, though, is if all else is equal, try, of course, we do our dotting I's and crossing our T's, right, which is to make sure that our doctors and hospitals are in network. We continue on with our comparison amongst all the 30 plans, maybe 80, 60 plans in Miami-Dade County. And we're trying to focus on, yes, let's have the lowest premium, make sure our people are in, in network, and then also layer in the fact that we want to have the lowest out-of-pocket maximum so that we can try to reduce our total cost this is going to be important because I expect this parameter, the, the level of out-of-pocket maximum, to be in flux in 2021. We have seen tremendous amounts of competition up on this statistic, meaning I have seen the total out-of-pocket maximum for in-network versus out-of-network. We've seen tremendous amounts of competition, and in particular locations, we've had dramatically reduced out-of-pocket maximums, which can help consumers tremendously. This relates back to you know the first part of this podcast, right? When I was talking about annual notice of change, right? Because the annual notice of change is gonna tell you what changed if you don't change plans, that's fine. But the reality is you're gonna to wanna to see what the other plans are doing. That isn't on the annual notice of change. There's no getting around that. That's the reason I wrote Maximize Your Medicare. We knew, I knew that these parts were going to be moving and be highly subject to intense competition. 
That has played out. And as a result, people's best solution is to check annually. I can't reiterate that strongly enough. Okay, that's it for this pod. You know, you can check me out. Uh, you know, I appear in the media in many locations. On thestreet.com, which is Jim Cramer's website, there is a section called Retirement. It's Retirement Daily. Bob Robert Powell is, you know, the head of that. I appear on videos three times a month. We're going to have those, you know, in rapid, you know, fire, you know, commencing pretty much immediately. Three times a month, you can go onto thestreet.com and click on the retirement section and check me out there. He also has a subscription website. And again, don't forget to register for Medicare ABC's, the virtual online event. Speak with you next time.